Margie Worthington podcast all day. All day. Dream by night. <laughs> Don't buy me a drink. Just give me 10 bucks. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Go down to the strip club with your floppy disk and turn it into a hard drive. Yeah, right. You'll get fucking thrown out by Big Tony. <laughs> We're here to name names and make people feel more ashamed for shit that they're not proud of. Don't blow it. Keep it simple. Count your money. No, whatever it is. And we are live here on the Mikey Worthington Comedy Podcast. This is episode, I think we're up to, um, it doesn't matter what number we're up to. The important thing is... <laughs> Professional. The, the important thing is, now nah, because this is a evergreen episode, so what's going to happen is this will come out after I do my first solo show. So if you're listening to this, you've either just seen me at Smith's, um, or you're... Um, or you're a massive fan of Miller, and uh, you've come over to my side. So yeah, uh, mentioning that, I've got my buddy Miller on the show. How you doing, mate? Doing good, man. Doing good. We uh, had to go for a walk to get the sillies out. Um, <laughs> it's a bit like when the teacher would just be like, go and um, sit in the naughty corner for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've turned that into going for a walk. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good to get you on the show. I know that we... Uh, yeah. So... so bit of background story miller and i have been mates for over 10 years now like oh i've known you for over 10 years i think we've been tight or like work done stuff um Mm. in the music world and all that sort of shit for like since eight years at least i'd say yeah eight nine years yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. look at that now before we get into it this is um a special episode of the show as you can see we're sitting in the shed instead of the studio because i have this nice bottle here 100 mils just a sample of i'm not sure if i dropped it now dude (laughs) of the number five release from wolf um the wolf release from lark so it's a 100 mil bottle which is perfect 250 mil shots so we're going to crack that open um before we get into it um so this is the the whiskey and cigar episode went and got got some uh some julietta number fives number threes it's even got a little cork and everything dude it's fucking crazy but yeah um you're gonna set a precedent with this you realize yeah well now if i ever have you on the show it's gonna be a fucking 200 dollar episode this is the fucking level now this is the level yeah i'll, I'll, I'll bring my own hey lark sponsor me <laughs> um and then we can do more of these um but yeah so you were saying fucking two bar how many bartenders does it take to open a bottle um <laughs> i was like what you wait you until i cork it and i have to fucking like we have to tap it like a keg to get yeah. it out. Yeah. It'll be the first bottle of Lark where it's, we just put a fucking straw from a popper in there and just share it. It'll be puff, puff, pass on a bottle of, Mar- yeah. bottle of Lark. Yeah. But, um, so background. So mm-hmm. I, um, I moved to Canberra in 2012 and it was soon after that, that I met you, um, mm-hmm. playing with your, your band Namaza. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by my 21st birthday, which would have been, um, uh, two years after that 2014 mm-hmm. i did my first um gig yep. and you guys were on it and mm-hmm. i think ever since just before that gig and onwards is about when we sort of were a lot tighter yeah um so i'd known you since i moved here 10 years ago but i think yep. we we're sort of like chatting and knew each other properly after the two years so yeah. it's been about eight yeah that that makes sense yeah because we yeah we we kicked that gig off um funnily enough that one there yeah i've got it in um, frame so that's the poster very fucking cool um yeah no that was that was pretty much the start of it man that was when she kicked off really um thanks sir um yeah and then it sort of 
everything, well, everything really kind of spawned from there, didn't it? Yeah, so I remember the first time I met you, dude, it was like, I think I watched you guys play. Mm -hmm. um, we go out, I go out the back, and, uh, oh, that's for Ron. Um, <laughs> later, Ron. Um, so, I'm just fucking with you and divvy that up. I'll see if I can eyesight the rest of it. You, you work behind a bar, man. You should be able to eyesight that. That was beautiful. But let's be fair. The basement doesn't stock fucking laughed. Oh, sweet mother of God, that's good. Cheers, sir. That's a really good whiskey. What's the same? Don't that heat you up and cool you off at the same time? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Beautiful. That's lovely. It is really nice. So, um... Anyway, luck check will be in the mail. Um, <laughs> the bill will be in the mail. Anyway, so um, mm -hmm. so yeah, we did that. I remember I walked out the back, mm -hmm. the back when the basement had like a, um, didn't really have a smoking area. It just had a car park that you could smoke in. Um, yeah. and you're sort of maybe calling off after the gig or whatever, mm. but not in the smoking area, just in like the beer garden. I remember walking out, I was with one of my buddies, Jack, which you might remember. Remember Jack, yeah. I think it was actually a Metal Fiesta gig, maybe, or a... Uh, it was a, yeah, it was a Metal or Fiesta Or Shenanigans, gig. maybe? It was, a, it was it, one or the it was, other. It was, I'm just trying to think, yeah, I think it was a Metal Fiesta gig. Um, I remember, I don't know if it was this gig, but one of them, I think it was Jack's first gig I bought him there. And yeah. uh, he, he rocks up and he's wearing a fucking um, Tamworth Country Music <laughs> Festival shirt. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, because um, Miller and Jack um, got to know each other because when Jack lived in Canberra, um, we did a little bit of training together, which we'll get into later. Just see me double cut that on the fucking camera, but anyway, um, so I go out the back, chilling, just chilling after a gig, yeah. and I'm just like, I don't know that everyone has a post-gig, like, cool-down. Mm. And I've somehow just walked up and just been in the middle of your, like, zen moment. Hey, man, I really liked your set. That was fucking <laughs> awesome. I really enjoyed your music. Dude, I'm from down the coast, so what sort of music do you listen to? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was verbal diarrhea. <laughs> and the yeah. first, I noticed the first response from Miller's just like, yeah, cool, man, I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then I walk away going like, dude, that guy is so cool. He's <laughs> <laughs> the fact that anyone said anything aside from fuck off after that was just like, it made, it made you cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, so that mm. was the first time I met you. And then within mm. two years, I did my first birthday gig. Um, yep. First ever gig, which was my 21st. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's when we had you had you on the had you on the bill. And mm. oh, speaking of Jack, I'm going to overlay a video here. I dug this up in the archives the other yeah, day. Yeah. 21st birthday, you and Jack arm wrestling. I still have that video. And right as it sort of gets to the crunch, yeah, I'm like, "What's the matter? CAA got you pushing too many pantles?" And Miller's just gone. Ah! <laughs> now this is this is interesting because there is a history of you trying to kill me while while I'm doing shit like that. I mean, bench pressing 140 oh, odd kilos, I lifted off the rack, and you decide to tell me a joke when we're at the gym and I nearly dropped that 140 on my chest because I was so this, oh, that actually makes sense now. 
It comes down to... <laughs> you got to choose how to defeat the beast. I know I'm not going to do it with my fears. <laughs> Shit. Mm. There we go. We just brought up the class in the fucking joint a little bit. Ah, I like that. That's good. Now, mm. as if it couldn't be any classier than this. Mm. Mill is such a man of luxury. <laughs> that when I asked what would you like as a side for the steak, he said steak. Yeah. Now there's a re- <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing's half assed with this guy. No. He's like, all right, we need to have uh, like what sort of drink do you like? You know, you got bourbon that sort of stuff. Only whiskey. I should have known. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it's like, what's the best part of a meal? The protein. So why yep. ha- dull that down by having anything else aside from just all protein? Um, yeah. And that's because you mostly eat meat. That's yep. like a carnivore diet yep. sort of thing. Let's yep. get into that. What yep. what took you... I know that over the years, because I've got a bit inside information. Yeah. Over the years, you've always sort of had trouble with gluten and all that stuff yep. anyway. Yeah. So what yep. took you down the path of, of the, the carnivore stuff? Yeah, so look, I mean, real quick for those who don't know, I had a lot of health issues and stuff like that. Um, bounced around doctors for quite a few years, finally found a doctor that was like, this could be the issue. Uh, come down to a gluten intolerance. I went paleo for like three, four years and it cleared up a lot of crap. Um, but in the last couple of years, just doing little things here and there. Um, obviously, I'm getting older. Um, I'm 42, so I started looking into other ways and ways for me to sort of get better and healthier, especially through food. Yep. Um, because even when my training's consistent, the, the food was giving me a bit of hell. Um, and started looking at this stuff, which was essentially the carnivore diet. Um, first thing I read was a book called The Carnival Code. Um, and it basically breaks down why we should be having more meat and what they call nose to tail. So a lot of organs like so liver, everything, heart, everything, use everything, which is essentially what, I mean, we, we, up until... What we're meant to do. What we're meant to be doing. I mean, we were doing it. Our grandparents and stuff like that did that all the time. We had, they had, they ate liver, they ate heart, they ate brain, they ate tongue, you know, the sweet meats gallbladder and pancreas and all that sort of stuff we were all eating it but for I some reason that all drops off just had to put my phone on airplane mode i forgot <laughs> yeah, to to mention a, um people are just like this fucking rude can i just send in a text <laughs> <laughs> i just messaged my missus nearly done see you soon <laughs> Fuck, man. i'm used to tangents i'm not used to you jumping on the phone um so essentially started doing the, the reading and stuff. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. Um, so I turned to a lot of people who are started having a look at some stuff. And basically by the, you know, doing things like cutting out seed oils, um, cutting out vegetables. Um, I still do have fruits. I still have uh, occasionally. I still have things like honey. I still have things occasionally like a potato and stuff like that. Yeah. But mostly my diet consists of... Um, lamb beef if i can get venison i will yeah um and 
some combination of liver, heart, all that sort of stuff. I also eat a lot of eggs, butter, and all that sort of thing. Um, so I've been on that for a while now, and... I'm glad I didn't still have the butter, dude. No, <laughs> be melting in your <laughs> sitting there. I, sure. I would have just had a fucking one start eating it. <laughs> well, for lunch, you're drinking... You're a squ- Got to wring out my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, um, for, for those of you who didn't know, I didn't have butter. So Miller and I went down to the shops to get butter before the show. <laughs> and I fucking had to go in, get the butter. I didn't bring a bag. So I just walked out within my pocket like I was shoplifting butter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's just been... I still have eggs and stuff like that. Um, I eat a lot less. I probably only have probably like one or two steaks a day with 250 grams ish um do you reckon you get fuller from protein and fat absolutely and here's here's the crazy thing so i started um was full on carnivore for probably about a month yep and the the change was amazing to shoot yourself no (laughs) i didn't get the meat shit (laughs) yeah right um which was crazy because a lot of people do um so that, w- that was going really well, but one night I was just fucking hungry, so I just cooked up some rice. Yep. Crazy thing is, the next morning, I was super hungry. Oh, really? Insanely hungry. I later find out that carbohydrates they've found increase your hunger, mm. right? So I have this, it was not, it was like half a cup of rice. Yeah. Insanely hungry. Set everything day. into just, overdrive. Just end it, yeah. And where I was usually not eating until 10 a.m. because I just wasn't hungry. Yeah. At six o'clock in the morning, I was fucking starving. Mm. So the next night, I was like, oh, this is this has got to be a fluke. So I had some rice and the same thing. Next night, I didn't have any and I wasn't hungry again until 10 a.m. Mm. So I'm satiated. It's like me with shitty food. I'm just like, oh, this must have been a fluke and I just still keep doing it. It's been mm. 12 months. <laughs> 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 yeah essentially it's yeah. just a fluke i'm yeah. just sitting there yeah it's it's, yeah. It's, it's like whenever i you know it's uh i i did so uh, the only thing i've got that's comparable to the comparable to this is i did i did keto for 12 months yep. and yep. i dropped 20 kegs yep. and it was great yeah and then i went back on carbs and put it all back on again Oh, but it took me 12 months, but I put it all back yeah. on again. Now I'm sort of plateaued where I'm like sort of sitting in the middle. Um, I'm like down 10 on my heaviest yeah. and I've just tried to, but the worst thing I found is doing half a keto diet because you're eating all the fats and shit and then you're like, oh, I'll just have this. And then before you know it, you're getting carbs and fats and it just blows you out. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. You got to commit to it sort of thing and and essentially there's been a lot of research into it and essentially we don't need carbohydrates now again or sugars or anything well it's again it depends on the sugar um apparently there's a again i'm not a doctor i'm not a nutritionist but these are the studies that i've seen and the doctors that i've followed have cited this let's just put that down as a Mm. caveat if you've come to the Marky Worthington Comedy Podcast <laughs> for fucking advice on how to live your life, it's already fucked. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if if oh, someone yes. said the dude smoking a cigar drinking lark told me yeah. at any fucking point, someone <laughs> should just be like, do you see where you fucked yeah, up yeah, there? Yeah. 
Now, this is bottom of the barrel if, yeah. you're, if you're coming here for nutritional All advice. Right. On the same token, if you've exhausted every other resource and this is where you get your information, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the show. Well, if you're here, you've hit wrong, rock bottom. Oh, we should call this the Bedrock Bet Podcast. <laughs> There you go. Beards, uh, bandanas, and bedrock. And bedrock, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, so look, it's, essentially we don't need it. Our body can produce sugars for our brain from protein amino acids. Um, it's called um, gluconeogenesis. Um, essentially, your brain needs certain sugars, but it can produce it from fats and proteins. You don't actually need carbohydrates. And to sort of do a, a bigger deep dive into it, what they call bioavailability of nutrients yes. from vegetables is terrible. So just to put it in context, there is an amino acid that you need that you can get from your daily dose mm. of this pro uh, this amino acid. You get it from a steak. Yeah. To get the same dosage, you would eat, need to eat three pounds of broccoli. Mm. So it's just not, it's yeah. not comparable. It's, it's not, not efficient. It's just yeah. not. It's not efficient. Your body doesn't process it. The blank. The plants create create toxins to block that absorption. Yeah. So that's why you're going to eat three pounds. You know, it just doesn't work. It just, yeah. It's just not. And again, look, each to their own. Everybody's going to do what they what is right for them. This works for me. Mm. You know. No, I li- I like it. I like the way you covered your ass there. Mm. Uh, so the um. Yeah. You, you mentioned before the gym, mm. like, and that's sort of, so how it worked is we started with the music side of things. And mm. then I heard that you did like, you're into, into like going to the gym and all that sort of shit. Yep. And I was just like, look, I should be better at that kind of crap. Mm. And, um, that's sort of where like the paths crossed over to like the fitness side of things mm. as well. Now I'm not like into fitness as much as yourself and all that sort of shit. Mm. Um, but every now and again, I'll just like get back on track and yeah. that's like that's where like it's good to have someone that can help yeah a bit and that's usually where we where we get into that sort of like that side of things yeah yeah um but i think the first time we actually trained together wasn't at the gym but it was with self-defense doing krav maga yeah now yeah people that don't know um miller actually used to run a krav maga school um here in mm. canberra and i was probably one of the longest serving members of that i think you were one of the one of the first yeah one definitely one of one the of first the guys. first yeah and right up until the until, right until the day we closed the doors yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. and that's just like so and and that's how <laughs> fucking committed i was to like it's like with comedy yeah. I f- if i find something that i like i don't tend to like i'm i'm into it yeah and over the years, even just the year, a few years I did Crav, mm. it was about five years maybe. Yeah, it was about that. Um, yeah. That's, I just was able to stick with it because I like, found it interesting. One mm. good thing about is the way that I work is if I don't really enjoy something, yeah. I know pretty much straight away. Yeah. And if I t- find myself tangenting from something, it's because yeah. I know that I don't want that. So it's, it's easy. It's a good tell for me to know what is, um, what I'm into or not, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, so we did that. We had some fucking interesting experiences over the years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the things I picked up from that is just how many people would be like, oh yeah, I know how to do fucking judo. Mm. 
and then you get into the sh- into the into the space. Yeah. Chuck on a tackle suit, grab them by the shirt, and go, "Give me all your fucking money." And they're like, "I don't know what to yeah. do." Yeah. I don't know. Do I hip throw this guy? I don't know. Like yeah. they don't have no idea. Yeah. What was it like to have to see people's mindsets change over the years? I think it was one of the greatest teaching moments of human behavior that I've ever, ever done. It's one of those things where I myself spent years doing traditional martial arts. I did karate and I thought it was the be all and end all. And I thought that what I was doing was going to work until I got the shit kicked out of me. And I was like, okay, this, this doesn't work. There has to be a better way. And I was put onto it by, um, essentially my brother and he gotten into it and um like your actual brother not your fucking hulk hogan brother no everyone's your hulk hogan brother yeah (laughs) Yeah, brother Uh, brother like (laughs) so there's my my brother my blood you know a blood relative brother and then there's my other brother who's you know we've we've known each other for 20 plus years yeah 20 odd years and stuff like that and brother's just the time served exactly (laughs) he served the time um and uh, he got me into it, and it was one of the scariest eye-opening experiences of my life. And I knew right then and there that's what we had. That was something that was relevant, and it needed to work, and it needed to be shared, and it needed to be taught. But it was, it was always inspiring for me to see people go through that what I call the "oh fuck" stage. Mm, mm. You know, I think I know what I'm doing. And then the moment where they go, I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't. I really don't. It's better to have that in the gym than on the street. 100%. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, it's it was crazy. I love confidence. I always love people who would walk in and be like, look, I'm here to throw hands. I'm here to learn. But the amount of times people would walk out of there in tears. It's going, I, I've wasted my time. One thing I will say to anybody, if you're getting into martial arts, it's not a waste of time. Mm-hmm it has its place and it has uh, apart from and people are going to hate me for this apart from Taekwondo <laughs> <laughs> sorry you guys are an easy target um, more reasons than one um, yeah because they're fat that's coming from it's okay I'm part fat guy I can say that <laughs> that's right, yeah my best friend is a fat guy <laughs> He's actually the main fat guy. Actually, here's, that's a teaser for this show. Do you know who I actually potentially am going to have on this episode? On this, not this episode, this podcast? Yep. Australia's fat guy. And when I say that, it is one of the original contestants that got into the final round but got excluded because he drank a bottle of water because he was too dehydrated for the final weigh-in and got, and got ex- excluded. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. One of the runner-ups in the first season of The Biggest Loser. Yeah, right. Wall. Yeah, nice. So he was a firefighter. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's actually based here in Canberra. So yeah, I, right. I reach out to him and he and um and uh, he's keen to come on the show. So brilliant. Uh, so if I if I can say I'm mates with Australia's best known fat guy. Yeah. Then um. I think you covered. Did I think good. it just speaks a lot about the podcast? I got the guy that lost because he was disqualified on the show. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like the, the drinking water. Yeah, the degenerate fucking yeah. dude. Yeah. Like I got the um, 
<laughs> I got the fucking disqualified t- mm. contender. Mm. Dude, the funniest thing is the whole point of that show was to lose weight, and they're just like, nah, you put on weight too bad, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but not even weight, a bottle of water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just let me piss, I'll fucking finish. Yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah. Imagine how much yeah. weight he'd lose if he just passed all those kidney stones, dude. There's about five kilos there. <laughs> Oh, that's, nah. that's a terrifying thought. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so uh, yeah. yeah. So the um the uh, the the old fuck moment is better mm. in the gym than than on the street. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of people that do the look and don't watch this episode. Try and Chris rock me at a comedy show because I said <laughs> I could fight. Um, actually, go for it. <laughs> Because his career did great after yeah, that. It's, it's, yeah. In fact, Didn't Will Smith, it. if you're listening to this and you want to slap me, <laughs> I'll get you to sign my Men in Black poster and we'll move yeah, past He probably it. needs the boost to his career now because yeah. apparently that's gone to shit. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do anything for love, but I won't fucking shave my missus's head. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but... Fuck it, cancel me. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I got eighty I got eighty nine followers on YouTube. They don't mind. They've seen enough. They know uh, what they're getting into. Yeah. Yeah, mm. more than eighty nine people have seen Man in Black, I'm yeah. assuming. <laughs> He's doing all right. He's yeah. doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. The the secret name of this podcast. <laughs> cancel me, Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, fuck around, find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um so anyway, um, the the best part of that is because I was one of the longest serving people at Grav. Yeah. It would always yeah. be a good test. Like whenever someone would come in, you'd be like, "All right, I'm just gonna because you knew I'll partner you with, partner partner you with Mark." Yeah. Now what we're gonna do is um, you're gonna put on this tackle suit, put on the headgear. Now, just to give you a bit of a gauge, we'll see how we go with this with like some light sparring, mm. just to, like. And the amount of people that would just be like, oh, fuck, we're not going to just stand here in the ready stance and, like, just do points, point yeah. tagging, all that yeah. sort of shit. Like, or, like, you'd be like, okay, that's cool. You can fight against one person. What about two? Yeah. And that was always the test. I mean... There's always someone else. Yeah. And that was, I mean, the, the, the three, not rules, but the laws that we spoke, number one was always your partner is never alone. It was a cult. It was a <laughs> fucking making money though. That's where I went wrong. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it was the yeah. I sucked your dick for nothing. <laughs> well, not for nothing. <laughs> you got I did get a payload. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of protein. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but it was yeah, it was like you know, and it was all the crazy thing was there was always one of two responses. It was either people would pack it in so you go one-on-one they'd either pack it in or they'd double down mm. you go against multiple partners they'd pack it in or double down yeah you know i remember one one of the girls that was training there just she got 20 seconds in it one day one day we don't want to do this anymore. yeah because that i think over that was the turning point or that was like one of the the moments where you had the girls class as well yeah and then but eventually some of the girls were like nah i want to train in the the all class yeah um because i mean morally most blokes won't hit a chick right but you got to be ready to fight against guys that can 
uh, that don't give a fuck what the gender of the person yeah. is. For yeah. example, I had um, I had Danielle Curtis, like Drop Bear, mm. on mm. the show. Yep. And um, we had a really interesting episode mm. segment where she spoke about the first time she ever fought in a open division. Yeah, right. And did a 45-minute, because it was only, I think, I can't quite remember the the episode's out, so people can go back, but um, where, quick intro, the first time I ever met Drop Bear was, she was working at the bar. At at the bar, the basement. And I walk in and I'm just like, oh, you're wearing a UFC hat, like, do you fight? And she goes, oh, yeah, I've done a bit of MMA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have any um any fights or anything out there? Yeah. And she's like, Yeah, I got one on YouTube. I'm like, Oh, I haven't got I've got less than a gig of data left. <laughs> and she goes, That's all right. It only goes for thirty seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, big talk. And because uh, it's weird because her hat said UFC, but my body said KFC. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, so we um. Yeah. I pull this fight up. Yeah, it was like a f- one. It was not the first one, but it was one of her fights. It was like yeah. uh, one of her first fast knockouts, yeah. um, or submissions or whatever. But so that's how I got to know her. And um, when she was on the show, she was talking about the first open fight she had. Yeah, division. It was like only win by submission or knockout, so it yeah. wasn't timed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so. All through the day, she's like, I know it's going to be me versus that person. Yeah. Okay, at the start of the night, yeah. it was just like, it's going to end up... If if I am going to win this, I need to beat that yeah, person. Yeah. yeah. And you know who that person was? It was a female fight. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it was open weight. Yeah. So okay. it was yeah. her at like whatever, 68 kilos or whatever, yeah. Yeah. versus a trans fighter that was... 80 uh, around 80 kegs yeah and was still just fighting in the open and just dominating no technique just brute strength yeah um so male to female yeah um and it turns into within the first few seconds of the fight Mm. it turns into a trans fighter gets drop bear in the headlock yeah no technique just riffing at it just using pure strength to but because there was no technique she didn't submit yeah. Because she's like, well, I'm not getting choked out. Yeah. I'm just getting yanked on. Yeah. So she perseveres with it. It turns into a 45-minute fucking, like, yeah. marathon. Yeah. And eventually, Drop Bear gets her with a submission and yeah. wins. Yeah. And that fighter apparently doesn't... has been told they can't compete in the league anymore. Yeah. Um, Which is fucking insane for the first... And she's still doing... And fucking doing really good at mm. it now mm. um well always been good at it you know mm. yeah but she was saying and this goes back to crav mm. the reason that she was able to f- do so good yeah is because when she trained she was one of the only females and she would have to fight male opponents so when it came time to it mm. um she was used to fighting people that were bigger and stronger yeah and it look it- Anybody who tells you that size doesn't matter is lying to you. Size does matter. Or used to date me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking David Copperfield, that chicken, made a thing that it's fine. Um, but it's... We all Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, like, and, and then that story, you know, 
proves it right there. She won out because of her technique. Mm. She won out because of her training allowed her to engage with people um, across the board. Be more efficient with be energy. Be more efficient with her energy and stuff like that. And she, and she went on like 45 minutes is a long time. A minute's a long time. Mm. You know? A minute is a... when. So we used to do this at Crav. It's a minute per person minimal. A, a so minute, yeah. if it's yeah. three people, good luck. Three minutes yeah. is going to feel like a lifetime. And that's what I always used to say. Train, train to be throwing and not just sparring but throwing hands heavy and moving for two minutes because it's a different kettle of fish it's a completely different game when you have to move yep. like that when you've got someone sitting there hitting the bell it's different yeah you know you've got this amount of time and you've just got to last when it gets to the street it can be over like that mm. it can be over it can be brutal it can be and and it's it's one of the scariest situations you'll ever get yourself into mm. But training, but training those who fit within a certain parameter is the one thing that you'll find will defeat you every time. Mm. And that's when I used to say to you guys all the time, it's not, it doesn't matter how much you train, there's always going to be someone better. Mm. Beat that guy. Mm. Train to beat that guy. Because there's always going to be someone better. I don't give a shit how, how good you are. There's always going to be someone better. Yeah. And everything is either and i tell my kids this you you either win or you learn and that's the way you've got to approach well in that case i've done a lot of learning (laughs) (laughs) you're still here man you know like that's the thing but Mm. you know it was uh, we had a lot of moments like that where people would come in full of gusto um we had one girl that came in ex-kickboxer yeah and was confident and i was like who do we want to spark tonight she's like i'm gonna spar you yeah cool i love it love your confidence gotta last a minute she's like i'm gonna put you down excellent brilliant love the confidence but you still gotta do it Mm. within 20 seconds she was on the ground yeah you know it turned into me just sort of tapping the headgear to show it she got up she cried but again it's that thing that no training is wasted no there's there's something that i did you know i got my black belt and in karate i i can kick hard Mm. I, I learned you paid the membership fee I paid the membership for fee long enough fee. yeah i loved the system it was great streetwise it's kind of useless so i actually i haven't told you about this actually it'd be a good it's a good one to um tell to tell you so live this is a story you haven't told me yeah exactly i was Come i've on. held on to this for okay. six years yeah, right. uh, okay. i was touched no <laughs> sorry um <laughs> now that we're cancelled i just want to get this out there i never sucked miller's dick it was all paid through money and no sexual services um yes it was all above board it was all above board i don't care so if you've already fuck it if you're watching this podcast it's either you're one of the 36 people that listen to it as soon as it comes out you're a loyal fan i don't give a fuck about you i'm gonna look down the barrel of the camera and just tell this goes out to the when i'm fucking bill burr famous and some cunt trolls through all my episodes and comes i'm gonna assume this is 76 i don't give a fuck i don't think it's around that (laughs) you've you've got me you got me (laughs) um so anyway i'm i used to live um, do you remember that shitty apartment I lived in in Belco? Yeah. There was a cul-de-sac at the end. Yeah. And that I, I'm I'm walking out of I was walking to the shops and um I I walk out and there's a taxi parked there. Mm. 
um, in one of the visitor parks. Yep. And the driver, this big Sikh dude, like Indian guy. Yep. And he's fucking, well, whatever the fuck. I don't, mm. I'm, I'm too white to know there's different parts of <laughs> India. Um, yeah. So, um, I see the geo tracking. I know there's three people in India listening. Um, so, he's just got a car full of rubbish, like, mm. and he's just throwing rubbish on the ground. Like, he's got, like, yeah. I don't know if he was using the taxi for personal use or something on the yeah. weekends yeah. or whatever, but he's just throwing Macca's bags and cups and crap just on the ground. Mm. And I walk over to him, and I'm just like, Oi, mate, there's a bin right there. What are you... Dude, and this fucking guy just leans into his car and pulls out this fucking knife mm. and just looks at me, dude. And English wasn't his first language, but I kind of knew what he was saying. And he just looks at me and he goes, Want some fuck? Yeah. And I don't know what he meant by that. <laughs> but I assumed the knife meant fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want no fuck. And dude, anyway, so I'm still clean in his car to this day. I'm on like a routine. Um, he used to come around later. I'm going to wash and clean it, man. I mean, he's been fucking me for years. <laughs> so, no, but I, I knew to choose my battles. And I just like backed away and then got out of there. Dude, and this motherfucker just like, that was his way of dealing with that. And do you know what? Because of the years of doing Crav, I didn't. I knew to choose my battles, but also I wasn't fucking freaked out by the size sight of a knife, because when we trained, we used like training knives, but they were aluminium, so you'd get the flick of the metal, and it was like that instinct of like, yeah. well, it is what it is. I'm not gonna fuck with that guy, but uh, like, yeah, man, yeah, fuck the planet, man. I fucking like, I got some rubbish inside. I'll just throw it outside if you want, man. Um, but like, it was. Uh, at least there was not as much sting in the initial response of seeing that blade. And the, the thing that breaks my heart these days is where Krav Maga has gone. It's become this parody of itself. Um, it's not taken seriously anymore. Like, back in the day, it was the shit. Like, it was amazing. But we've got all these schools that popped up. And part of the reason why I ended up closing closing my doors was because... I found it hard to compete with the guys who were commercializing it. Well, commercializing it and peddling shit. Um, I'm not going to name names, but there was another school here in Canberra, and I saw a lot of their stuff. And you'd send me stuff as well from the school, going, "Can you believe they're doing this shit?" And it was the same thing as the throw me under the bus. You yeah, fucking. No, you just fucking throw me under the bus. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, it turns out I was only worried about getting canned on one side. Now I've got all these half-assed fighters coming after me. Oh, I don't... Like, like no. The difference is I can fight more than one person, so you, you yeah, don't have to line up. Yeah, no, I was yeah. joking. Yeah, yeah. No, but it didn't... But, but uh, yeah, it happened. It became the... It became the commercialised Trad MA approach to Krav Maga, which was... You come and train with me. I will teach you to be invincible. This is the be all and end all. And yeah, look, it's going to be tough. And they're showing videos of people giggling and laughing and having some fun, which is not a problem. But when I'm watching it going, your approach is going to get people killed. Because it's dangerous at that point. It is dangerous because you're giving you, people confidence without technique to back it up. 
Well, it's not. A, it's it's a false confidence in something that doesn't exist. And the thing that doesn't exist is the fact that any system is one hundred percent. No system is one hundred percent. And you, the moment you realize that, that was one of the first things you taught us. Like you're just like everything is. You know, it's it's case by case. And when you know. you've got guys like, uh, again, I'm not going to name drop. So, but one of the with the one of the best knife trainers and knife fighters in Australia putting our stuff going. It doesn't matter how good you are. And this is a seasoned guy who'd been training in Carly and Eskrima his whole life saying, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you get involved with someone with a knife, you're going to hospital. Either in a body bag or they're putting you back together. Mm. Whereas other schools were telling people, I can teach you to be invincible and nothing will happen. Mm. And it's a lie. And that's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous because then these people have this false confidence I had people come up to me going, oh, well, I go and do um, Taekwondo down the street or I go and do Hapkido or something like that. And my instructor, and I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying... There are hey, hey, I don't want any hate from fucking um, <laughs> Steve Seagal, all right? Yeah, right? Like, if you do this and do this, you'll be fine. The problem is, is it doesn't transfer. Mm. And most of these guys that are training this thing never had a street fight they've never actually stepped out of the comfort zone of their own martial art and unfortunately Krav Maga has become the same thing and now it's a parody of itself the worst thing is the money like there's no money in doing it properly and the, the most you make it like a um yeah. like do you know why dude because we I, I I seen it the failure rate was like 80% people just coming over one, one time it was too much it was yeah. too real and they'd fuck off yeah. whereas like there's the money is in repeat people coming back and going oh I feel confident now I'm going to yeah. keep paying for that that's and, why and my biggest problem was I wouldn't lie to anybody yeah if somebody comes in I'm like it's like a oh, job oh, interview do you have any weakness so I'm just too honest yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that look that was the thing that killed a lot of my clientele is because I'm not going to pedal shit first of all yeah I'm not going to pedal I mean you you know well, we were always we we would have somebody come in and ask a question if I didn't have the answer I'd go and train that shit with other people to find the answer and come back and either go no it's not going to work yes it's going to work or we couldn't find a solution hmm. but I'm not going to lie to somebody because at the end of the day, if they get into trouble, that shit's on me. Mm. And these people who are training people and lying to them are not taking that responsibility. They're not saying to people, there's other systems out there. We spoke about it today. Mm. When one of the regulars came in and was like, I'm going to go do jujitsu. Mm. And I said to him, go. Mm. Brilliant. It's great for cardio. Your strength will be, your grip strength will be amazing. Yeah. It's great. But understand, there is still a parameter and set of rules that do not exist on the street. Mm. And he ended up leaving BJJ. Yeah, because it was not what he wanted. Well, not only it wasn't what he wanted, but he couldn't turn it Reprogram, yeah. He got into that situation where he couldn't escape. It was like Blanca from Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Just couldn't put him back into society. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was the thing. Like, I'm glad you got that reference. Yeah. I've made that reference four yeah, times I'm this old, week. Old yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know? you yeah. already said your age. You dated the fucking podcast. Carbon dating. Yeah, it's done. Don't have to get all these. Oh, how old is he? You fucking know, I'm 42. Uh, I'll put this out in four years and we'll give you a chance. <laughs> oh, thanks, 
<laughs> we'll make sure we'll make sure that your fucking eHarmony account doesn't get pulled yeah. down for false information. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, whiskey and cigars isn't really going to help. Me. <laughs> Twenty years old anyway. Um, but it's, you have to. Yeah, this it. isn't a young guy's <laughs> hobby. <laughs> No 24-year-old has the money for a bottle of Lark. Not even a 100ml bottle. And a fucking cigar. Do you know what I realised, man? They they put the plane banding over the top of the underneath one. So you actually see the Romeo fucking original thing on there. The original things on them are actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you know how it is. You gotta gotta, gotta, um, play by the rules. Yeah, that's it. Which is... Like we're saying about Crav, like a lot of people don't, um, like when when you're in training, you expect people to play by the rules, but on the street they don't. Like old mate, do you want some fuck? Wasn't gonna be like, okay, get ready here. I'm going yeah, to stab yeah. you. And that's and that's the cruel cruel reality of the world is that the people you are fighting don't give two fucks about you. They don't care about you. And that's what makes them more dangerous. Because you're going to sit down and, and run by a set of rules that you've been trained into. The, the, the first time I started doing Krav Maga, hmm. and my trainer is standing there watching a group of guys punch the crap out of each other. And one guy walks off and he's limping because he caught his toe in the jigsaw mats. Yeah. And damn near tore it off. He didn't say stop. He said, sit down. Can you walk? No. Okay, well, you're done for the night. And everybody kept going because that's how it, I mean, that's how it happens. The girl that, that ended up pulling the pin after 20 seconds of a two on one sparring session, mm. the guys, I remember the two guys and I think you were one of them turned to me and went, what are we doing? I'm like, well, the cruel reality is you don't get to call a time out on the street. If somebody wants to hurt you, they will hurt you. Mm. Intent is everything. Yeah. So you need to be ready to understand that if you engage with somebody want some fuck if you'd engage with that guy he's not gonna stop yeah yeah he's not just gonna pull up because he's, he's giving you one and gone i think he's learned his lesson yeah right if he's not trained properly and he red mists he's gonna go all out you're going to the hospital you're going you're not even going to the hospital you're going to the morgue yeah yeah it's done right yeah and this is the severity of these things I think anybody who takes on any sort of martial arts, good on you. There are things that you will learn, whether you learn not to do those things or you learn to improve, you know, like discipline. You meet some great people, all these sort of things, but never go into them thinking that the system is 100%. Be critical. The, you know? um, so th- this shot glass, uh, this, uh, nip pourer, mm. people can't say on camera, but it was given to me by a mutual friend of ours, Lance. It says, it was a piece of memorabilia from the basement because he was the owner there for a while. And he gave that to me. Good and, too. Yeah, yeah. Very serious face, but still. Very, yeah. Yeah. That was his moment to shine, dude. Yeah. That song. Uh, yeah. What was that? What was that song? Um. my band i can't remember yeah 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 well yeah um get gone maybe i can't remember no it wasn't get gone i can't remember yeah we'll we'll pull it up actually fuck it 
I don't know what the copyright is on on Namaza, but that's going to be the the hidden outro track. I'll give you the. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, I'll just. The band's not together anymore. I'll, I'll just. I'll I'll just fucking do the audio, <laughs> um, of the the lyrics. So yeah. it's like you've given permission just for the. Just, yeah, yeah, the the lyrics on the stem. Whatever I did, you can. Actually, that's it. So. Uh, I'll finish up with with that um, thought. So Lance gave me this. Now, do you remember the time that we were training and Lance dropped by and you were like, Oi, here's one of our training pistols. Mm. While they're in, go in yeah. and try and try and get yeah. get one of them. And they come through the door. <laughs> yeah. Do you, t- tell them your side of the story because I want to hear Well, both. you all fucking failed. <laughs> miserably which is a reflection on me i'm gonna take over no, do, do, so so but no th- this is this is no no where was it we were in so we're at black sun and oh, no no he, no it might be a different story do you remember he comes in he's got the pistol yeah and he just puts it bang on my forehead now yeah. we'd been just doing pistol defense yeah so I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like, uh, hang on, just yeah. just chill, man. My wallet's in my pocket. Just mm. let me get it. Mm. And I go up, strip it, cock it, and I'm like, get on the fucking ground. Yeah. Lance becomes the defender all of a sudden. Yeah. and um, But everyone else fucking just was like frozen up. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, a, it's, like it's, it's one of those moments where I went, like, this is, this, it was, it was, Ultimately, I, I was thinking of a different one. Yeah. Um, when we were back, the, in, was it we knife? Maybe. No, no. It was another one we did when we were first training at the community community center. center? Yeah, this and was I at Black had, Sun. Um, this one. Yeah. yeah. So this one was Black Sun. Yeah, I remember the one. And and I said to him, I said, "This is the thing. This can happen at any time. Yeah. You can walk outside and someone can pull something. Off yeah, yeah. They want what you've got, and you all fucking failed. And the only one who did it right was Mark. <laughs> but Lance's face was he wasn't prepared for that interaction either mm. he thought he was going to come in pull the pistol everybody was going to shit a brick because they weren't ready for it yeah and i think that was the reason for that was because he was there for the first time we did that yeah and everybody shot a brick yeah everybody so he already had room. like a preconceived yeah, like way it was going to work yeah, yeah exactly so i mean it, it was it was it was good in a sense because it opened everybody's eyes um and i think that's the positive takeaway from it everybody went yeah shit okay and that was the thing that I always tried to do with everybody. It was like, even from the first night, you're not going to be able to do this everything. Hmm. But if your mindset is at least changed and you switched on a little bit more and you can pay attention and change your behavior a little bit yeah. to be safer, yeah. then, I'm, then I'm ahead of everybody else's. You know? Yeah, the, the real thing starts before you get to that point. Mm. like it you should really be like avoiding the situation to begin with let alone be it like yeah. by the time you're in it that's should be the last part not the first part and that's where a lot of places fall down because they teach you about the moment they teach you about when you're in a fight this is what you need to do mm. what they don't teach is well how did you get there what are you doing are you avoiding the situation are you walking down a dark alley being a dickhead mm. because that's you that's your choice. You have to take the ownership of that action. Mm. I chose to, instead of maybe adding 10 seconds to my walk and walking down a well-lit road where I can see what's happening, it can still happen on a well-lit road, but at least you've got the advantage of being able to see what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Or I'm going to walk down this dark alley and save me 10 seconds. Oh shit, somebody's pulled something on because I didn't see what was going on. Because you didn't on. see it. It's that stuff. Mm. It's the de-escalation. Mm. 
being able to smile and put your hands up. It's that sort of stuff. And look, quite honestly, I only learnt that because I was willing to step out and train with different people. Mm. And the moment you can find yourself and put your blinkers on and go, I'm only going to train with this group of people because they're giving me exactly what I want, not what I need, mm. you will fail every time. Go back to that thing with, with Drop Air. Yeah. Right? Now, for the amount of conversations I had with her, tough chick, like badass, mm. right? I actually asked her a couple of times to come to Crab and, and I would have loved to have come to, for her to come and train. Yeah. Um, would, would it have been beneficial? I don't know. Mm. It would have been beneficial for me because yeah. I would have been able to see her in that environment. Yeah. But, and I've had it before. I've trained with, um, I went and spent a weekend training with guys from the States doing a completely different system and it was highly beneficial. Highly, highly beneficial. But I was training with other people at the time who said to me, it's pointless. Mm. There's, you're not going to learn anything. There's nothing you can learn that I haven't already taught you. Yeah which was bullshit because I went and learned. I was like, oh my God, like the, just the application, the mindset. There were a few little tricks and things that I was able to do. Mm. And then when this other guy comes out and everybody comes to me and goes, he's coming out. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking there. Good, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to be able to step, and, it, and I don't give a shit what it is, whether it's martial arts, music, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's whatever your passion is, comedy, right? If you've got the chance to go and have an interaction with somebody else who's got a different experience, you're either going to win or you're going to learn, right? Hmm. And that stuff, that approach, that five-step plan was what he was teaching because nobody else was teaching it. And that's the dangerous part. Yeah. You know? And I know, like, I, I, I feel like we sort of, you know, the, the comedy is kind of down, 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 down a little bit here, but it's, it's dangerous. Mm. If you don't have the right mindset... If you don't believe that all somebody needs is the intent to hurt you. Yeah. Whatever that is. Whatever, your money, what, you've pissed what, them off, it whatever. Shit, right? It yeah. could, and you know, the amount of times we've seen people just hurt people for the sake of hurting them. Mm. Right? Their intent is to hurt people. Doesn't they don't care who it is, when it is, they don't care how. Right? If you don't believe that those people exist, you've already lost. Yeah. Yeah, like there's there's people out there that just their intention is just because they enjoy fucking people up like and they're, they're whether people, they're fucked in the head or whatever doesn't matter that's just their motive that, that and the hard thing is is in as much people as much as people want to talk about the good in people and you know peace love and equality and all that shit the problem is is that there are people who hate you because of who you are Yep. And they want to hurt you for that, right? It doesn't matter who you are. I don't give a shit who it is. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you believe in. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. At the end of the day, there's always going to be somebody who wants to hurt you for that. What are you going to do about it? Mm. Because the responsibility falls to you. You can sit around and go, what was, I mean, what was the thing I always said to you guys? Don't wait for the cops. Yeah. And we went through the statistics. Yeah. Every year, we went through the police statistics, right? When the average call out time for the police on a category one call was anything up to 10 minutes. 10 a minutes a is a long time. time. A long time, right? Mm. The amount of knife drills and stuff we taught and I'd have you guys sprinting up hills, running, running, yeah. running, running. Because the first thing was you see a blade, out. Yeah. 
wants yeah. some fuck, right? Don't engage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> fucking, like, even if he doesn't know how to use it. The confident was kind of hot. Like, I wanted a little bit of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Confidence, right? Yeah, yeah. Every I was just, time, like, attracted right? to it a little bit. I'm yeah. like, whoa, like, hey, a man that knows what he wants. All right. I kind of want a little fuck. In a movie, like, what You want to make a it? hole and fuck it? <laughs> 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 oh, I knew that was coming, and I still like it. Walk into um, but yeah, like I just, and I think that's why, and people don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They want to know that they can go and do karate for ten years and snatch bullets out of the air. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the amount of like, and I even send you like video. Like I sent sent you one of a home invasion. The dude just like got they got him at the door and got them all back out yeah. again. Yeah. Like, you know sometimes it's just about like we we talked about like the preemptive strike like yeah. if it's on it's on and why wait for it to happen before you do anything like yeah and the, and the hard thing there of course is and the, and the thing that we always talk about the law gets in the way and yeah. eventually the boys in blue will turn up yeah um you you need to make sure that you've done everything you possibly can to make sure that you can prove the threat or what you know whatever that whatever that may be and perception is everything. And I think the biggest thing, and I hope the biggest thing that everybody who trained with me takes away from it is that everything's unpredictable. You can't judge human behavior. And at least being in a better mindset is something that can prepare you even more. Yeah. If you believe everybody's inherently good, I th it's a lovely place to be. It's you're set to fail though it's a fantasy yeah it's a fantasy yeah you know? yeah there's a there's a fine line between the two like every like you don't want to live your life on the back foot but you just need to be ready for if shit kicks off i think it's a, and that's the dangerous part because there was a time there when my mindset i, I had a hard time turning it off yeah and so it's like we were saying with old mate going over to do another thing it's like once you're aware of it it's a bit like if someone told you that like something so the thing about crab was it wasn't just all right once you leave the gym it's over it was training you for the rest of your life it's and it's you know it's one of those it's one of those things that hey, it can be applied to everything mm. and you needed to change the mindset you needed to know not assume we mm. never assumed yeah, yeah it was the knowledge the only thing we assumed is they had a knife or they had a weapon and there well, was more than one well and, and you assume was, the worst and and it's not even an assumption it was the knowledge that that is you the know situation. yeah yeah because that is the worst of the situation yeah yeah is that there's multiple they're all armed and they know what to do because that is the worst fucking situation you can be yeah in, right hoping for the best but expecting the worst exactly. are you going to drop the bomb or not yeah. And, and that's and that's, that's the thing, man. You gotta you gotta train for it, and but you've also got to learn how to. Uh, heaven can wait. We're only watching the stars. I'm trying to think of that fucking song. <laughs> Let's dance for a while. Heaven can wait. We're only watching the stars, yeah. hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Are you gonna drop the bomb or not? Yeah, I don't know what that, that fucking was, that song. Is. Yeah, we had we, we had to we had to bring it back to music yeah, yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. that was one of the things, man. And like, yeah, man. All I can say is like. I've never done a, a martial art or something that didn't mm. like affect me um, as much as Krav did because it mm. changed how I not just like fought and thought, 
but it also like made me more aware it it made my life better yeah so um and even even from like the early stages starting in like a shitty fucking like did i remember i used to go around to your house to train before we like i went to crav you know we didn't we didn't do like crav but we were doing like you'd show me you know um just well like a lot of it was talks like you'd be just telling me stuff like mm. we we do weights or something you'd be like all right now like you know this is like the right mindset dude i've changed because of crav my life has gotten better not just as far as like self-defense but dude we had problems where i used to red mist and all that shit yeah i had anger issues all mm. that stuff and that like how i am today all mm. stemmed from the wake-up call that crav gave me so well and i don't know if you i don't know if you remember or not but i actually approached another trainer about that issue that you had and the advice from that trainer was dump him he's a liability yeah yeah and you know what i could have i've had ex's mums tell him that yeah (laughs) i think we've all had ex's mums that do that actually dads mostly yeah um it doesn't help when you're banging the mum as well (laughs) she just wanted me for herself (laughs) that's where it comes inside of training It's sort of trying to go like that, but it's yeah. Like, and and I made a conscious choice, and I said to you, and I made it absolutely a line in the sand. It was that, like that was the thing when we had that conversation, and I said to you, "Here's the thing: I've been instructed you dumped you as a student. The red misting is a liability. You have two choices here: you can fix this shit, or you can walk. Yeah. And if you want to fix it, I got you. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll yeah. do the work." It's not a problem. I'm willing to put the effort in, but you got to want to do it as well. And if you don't, maybe it's time we stop and, doing this. And that's one of those things, man. It just got us to that point. Um, I actually reckon that, um, it, like I said, off off the mat, or well, we didn't have mats, we had a concrete floor. Yeah. Um, no mugs, you want a fucking high-density foam mat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Except when you should charge me for it. Yeah. But I'm um, the fucking... No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out the whole time you were just fucking mugging me for yeah, the membership fees. No, no, um, it's good business. No, no. Uh, yeah. So, um, it... Yeah, it, it stays with you is what I'm saying. Like, it helped me in every aspect. So, yeah. man... I think we've we were going to finish on a story, but we pretty yeah. much got like three or four stories within the conversa- yeah, within yeah, the yeah. conversation. Yeah, it's been good. Um, do you have like a because we we've just run an hour, so that's mm. fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, to wrap it up, do you have yeah. any any final words? Look, I think, I think. Here, here's here's the thing. Everybody's everybody's experience in this world is unique. But the greatest thing I ever heard is nobody's coming to save you. You have a choice. Fix the shit yourself, get it done, or pack it in. And I think that's the best thing that I can support, whether it be, again, music, training, Krav Maga, comedy, it could be fuck, whatever it is, nobody's coming to save you. The only person you're responsible in this world for is yourself. And the moment you get into that realization that you're the only person who's going to save you is one of the most freeing liberating things that you can ever experience and i think everybody everybody needs to realize that for 
for nobody else, for nobody else but yourself. And once you change that mindset, the ripple effect is staggering, quite staggering. And I want to say thank you hey. for having me here, man. I've had a fucking great time. It's been a great over. time, dude. Yeah. I, I reckon that we could ma- even make this like a regular thing. Like maybe yeah, um, every so often we'll yeah. have you on the show. I mean, every time I'm fucking Jones and for a cigar and a chat <laughs> and then, um, we get you over. But yeah. yeah, I appreciate you being on the show, man. You're a fucking Definitely. badass, dude. I appreciate everything you've done for me. And it's good to um, finally be able to like have you on the show so that yeah. people can learn a little bit more about my history because I don't talk too much about... Um, about Crav and yeah. and all the shit that you yeah. taught me over the years, so yeah. it's good to be able to put it out there, man, and get it get it time stamped and and um, show some people a little bit more about myself. Yeah, man, it's great, and I'm proud of everything that you're doing, man. You've, oh. you've come a long way. Yeah, fantastic, fucking man. awesome, Excellent. man. Yeah. Um, so, cheers, thanks for everyone for listening. That's um, episode fucking seventy something, um, and we're gonna we're gonna close on that. Um, Namazar song which I will find after yeah. the thing um, and remember in early if you're just listening to the audio at least check out the YouTube video because this is a good visual episode because you will be able to see the video of um, of Miller and, and Jack doing the arm wrestle I'm going to put it at the end I was yeah. going to overlay it in the episode but sabotaged. I'll put it I'll put it up in the middle but um, yeah cheers everyone for listening in and I'll catch you on the next one don't buy me a drink. Just name names. Yes, yeah, right. Big Tony. You'll get fucking thrown out of the strip club with your floppy disk. Yeah, all day. Make people feel shamed for shit all day. <laughs> Don't blow Turn it. into a hard drive. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to keep it simple. Count your money. That they're not proud of. Just give me ten bucks. Yeah, right.